you know, if you stay genuine with the community and you get to know people and really care about them, they see it. And I think it's reciprocal. You're listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now. Hey, what's going on, peeps? Welcome to the Black and Blue Podcast, where we celebrate diversity in U.S. law enforcement. My name is Dale. I am the Master of Ceremonies. Thank you for spending a little bit of your time with me. I appreciate you. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and share to the Black and Blue Podcast YouTube channel or whatever podcast platform you're listening to right now. Also, check out my socials. You can find me everywhere at Black and Blue U.S. All right, so today's guest is a 21-year veteran of the East Palo Alto Police Department in Northern California. Everybody, please help me welcome to the show Commander Jeff Liu. How you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. How's your day shaping out? Well, your evening now. It's been a little busy, but that's pretty much every day now. <laughs> yes, yes, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about that, uh, how busy you are up there in East Palo Alto. Um, so f- real quick for everybody in the audience that's listening and watching here on YouTube, why don't you tell everybody about uh, East Palo Alto, where it's situated in, in Northern California? East Palo Alto is um, between San Francisco and San Jose. Those are the two biggest cities in our general region, which is essentially the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, so East Palo Alto is about two and a half square miles. Um, so it's, we're small, but we're active. Um, and we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of activity and we have a lot of good people in town. All right. All right. And how long you, have you been there? 21 years, right? Been there 21 years. Um, all right. Started in the uh, end of 2000. And I uh, worked a variety of assignments along the way, uh, mostly investigations. We're a small agency. Uh, we only have 37, uh, 36 and a half sworn. Um, okay. So we don't have a lot of specialties, uh, but I was pre- pretty much in and out of investigations in my whole career until I promoted out. Nice, nice. And uh, so East Palo Alto, was that at one time a part of Palo Alto proper and then you split? or? What's the history Actually, there? no. No, um, East Palo Alto is in San Mateo County, and Palo Alto is in Santa Clara County. So two completely different counties. Um, they have Palo Alto and East Palo Alto, besides sharing a border, um, that's the only affiliation. Oh, really? Okay. Huh. Yeah. I wonder why they, they came up with the, with the name East Palo Alto if it wasn't uh, part of the same city at one point. Well, in, nine, in was it, 1983, when the city incorporated, um, they were trying to break off from 
they're trying to create their own city. There used to be unincorporated San Mateo County, um, but they wanted their own police department. So they had a big movement, um, went through two tries to get incorporated and then became incorporated in uh, July of 1985. And when they incorporated, they chose East Palo Alto as their name. All right. So did you, did you grow up in the region or are you originally from up there? It's funny. Um, I was born in San Francisco, but I grew up in Palo Alto um, on the other side of the border. And that's where I called home when I was a kid. And um, my parents used to own a Chinese restaurant um, about a mile in from East Palo Alto. And back then, um, East Palo Alto was a pretty dangerous city. And so as I was growing up, I was always told, don't go to East Palo Alto. And then I ended up in East Palo Alto. And then you ended up in East Palo Alto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what was the journey there into law enforcement? Is, is that something that you always wanted to do growing up? Or how did that work out for no, you? No, you know what? Growing up, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, you know, of course, when I was in high school, I was more interested in sports and hanging out with my friends um, than I was in you know, study. I regret that. Uh, so if any kids are watching, <laughs> stay in school and stay study. in school, right. um, <laughs> stay in school, study. Uh, but it wasn't until I went to San Diego State and I needed a campus job um, that I got a job with the police department. And essentially, my job was to um, just walk around the parking lots or ride a bike around the parking lots looking for people um, either stealing cars or breaking into cars because um, that was a really big, that was a really big thing back then. So, um, and, and still it was is. interesting. It, was, it still yeah. is. Catalytic converters um, and yeah. Catalytic converters. That, yeah. Back yeah. then, that was what, 93 or 94 uh, wasn't such a big thing. Um, right. But the, uh, the car break-ins and the auto thefts were uh, definitely huge. Uh, but when I, when I was able to catch a couple people, uh, that really lit the fire. And that really let me know that this is what I want to do. All right. So you went to you went to school down in San Diego, huh? Big culture a shock for bit. you. I, I kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was different. It was very different. I stayed in the dorms down there. Um, had a great time. Uh, met some friends that I'm still friends with now. Uh, some great memories. Uh, but I only stayed a little bit. I didn't actually graduate from San Diego State. Okay. Actually, my uh, bachelor's degree took 25 years because <laughs> I'd start, I'd stop. I'd start, I'd stop. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't until 2016 I finally got done with it. Um, my chief uh, really pressured me and said, hey, you need to get that bachelor's degree. So I finally went back and, you know, brought it home. Yeah, better, better late than never, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then you know that led to other things. Apparently, he had a plan for me uh, that I didn't know about, but he had a plan for me, and uh, he pushed me in the right direction. Pushed me into command college, uh, post command college, uh, which is a great experience for me. And then that led to a master's degree. And you know, I, five years ago, I thought you know just getting a bachelor's was the pinnacle of my academic career, and then I ended up with a master's degree. Uh, I'm yeah. very, very thankful for him giving me that push. Absolutely, yeah. Congratulations on that. I just recently Thank completed you. mine, my master's uh, last year, so I, I know that feeling. 
Fantastic. Where did you get yours? University of Redlands. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yep. It's right there, right? It's it's right nice. here. Yeah. Congratulations. In, 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 yeah. <laughs> in, in the city, the city paid for it, so that you know that, that doesn't hurt either. Oh, wait. The whole thing. Well, the whole masters. Yeah, the masters program. Yeah, organizational leadership. Absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a, that's, well, they have a, a great deal. Our city and the University of Redlands has a has a nice, a great working relationship. So they put up uh, two officers a year on a scholarship. The university does. So it's not really the city pays for it. Um, you pay for it and then they reimburse you. So um, it, it's great. Great. I loved it. I loved it. It was, it was oh, a hellish, that's, that's hellish two years. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, we started at we started out in in class in person, and then the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. and then the, the second half the the second year was was all online like we're doing now, and so that was that was that was different for me, you know, especially as you know as older students working adults mm-hmm. and yeah I mean it's nice that you can be in your own house, but you know that that instruction was a little different for me. Definitely different. Um, yeah. So my master's took one year. Uh, command college, post-command college actually um, counted for one year towards a master's degree from the University of San Diego. So yeah. after I finished command college, I was able to roll right into the USD uh, LEPSL program, uh, Law Enforcement and Public Safety Leadership. Great education. Um, everything yeah. I was learning in that class, I applied directly to law enforcement, directly to my job. Um, he was able to use some assignments for work. It was just an amazing experience. Um, but yeah, the, the education, I, I didn't value it when I was younger, but um, I definitely value it now. Absolutely. Yep. You, that's something that you got to tell your kids. Don't take the route that I took the long route, you know, at least, you know, <laughs> your kids, you know, they, they see that you, you actually did finish, you know, and that you stuck to it, but you know, <laughs> try to do it when you're when you don't have those responsibilities when you're younger oh for sure yeah every every chance i get i tell kids nowadays that um when they're going to college i won't don't stop yeah. do not stop just keep yeah. going don't stop until you get that paper yep it'll definitely be harder but hey you you finish stick to it in this that's what you got <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's like what that. you get yeah yeah <laughs> So uh, you mentioned that, uh, you know, growing up, your family had a, a Chinese restaurant. What, what, what's your, uh, your ethnic background, your heritage there? I'm Chinese. You are Chinese. Okay. Yeah, Chinese, speak a little bit Mandarin. Um, I speak less and less Mandarin as the days pass. Um, yeah. You know the term, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yep. Uh, when, I dad, when my dad passed, I pretty much stopped speaking Mandarin because I didn't need to anymore. Yeah. Um, now when I find myself needing to use it at work, it's like, God. yeah, uh, Apple translate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's wow. embarrassing. It's embarrassing, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. You need to get on Rosetta stone or something and, and brush up on it <laughs> or find some people to practice with or something. Yeah, there but, you go. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not, not so much of an Asian population in uh, East Palo Alto. Um, historically, no, uh, but it is growing a little bit. Um, as um, new housing is built, um, as price housing prices go up, um, people that have been living in East Palo Alto are selling. Um, you know, a house they bought for forty thousand dollars 
you know, 20 years ago is now worth a million dollars. Yeah. They cash in and then they move out and then uh, new people move in. Yep. Um, I know there's a lot of conflict in town, a lot of gentrification talk. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, the families I've been, you know, working with and talking to for my whole career moving out to like Stockton or moving out to the Valley and then having new people come in that I don't know. Um, it, it's definitely a changing city right now. Right. Right. So, so what are kind of the demographics of East Palo Alto now? So I think the last census showed it about two thirds Hispanic and I think 10.4% African American, a uh, large Polynesian population. And I think um, Asian was, probably around three or four percent don't quote me on that but those are the numbers that are coming to me right now okay and east palo alto pd does does your ranks kind of mirror the community uh pretty much finding uh hispanic officers that speak spanish and are from the community it, it's tough but um our department right now is about 85 percent people of color so, wow yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I would say. I would say, yeah. Yeah. And uh so you're a commander and you have a chief what's what's the uh the uh hierarchy of the of the department look like? Uh you're Asian. Uh any other anyone else in the command staff that's uh minority as well? Yes, uh my fellow commander is um Commander Carson and let me see, he's Hawaiian, he's Dutch. He's a little bit of everything you can think of. <laughs> a little bit of everything, yeah. yeah. He, he calls himself a mutt. I'm not going to call him that. These are his no. words. But um, He's, he's, he's going to watch this. Polynesian. He's going to watch this episode, though. Oh, well, in that case, I got some videos. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he's a good guy. I've, I've, um, I've grown up with him through the ranks. Um, when I first got to East Palo Alto, he was fairly new as well. And uh, I remember we were sitting there back in 2001, I think. Uh, we were sitting there writing reports because we both had a stack of them to write. And uh, he told me, hey, let me give you one piece of advice for this career. He said, uh, always do the right thing, no matter what. And I've carried that along with me in my whole career. And um, we've been side by side the whole time. And I couldn't ask for a better partner in this career. Absolutely. And as a commander, what, what, what are your kind of your duties now at the department? Oh, so you asked about our rank structure, right? So, uh, Chief Pardini, who's the head of the organization, we have two commanders, one in, over operations, which is me. And then um, we have the commander of investigations and parking enforcement. And then um, under me, I have four sergeants um, in charge of the four patrol teams. And then we have one sergeant professional standards and uh, the commander in investigations has direct supervision over the detectives and parking enforcement. Um, you know, East Palo Alto, we're small, um, we're active, we have a lot of stuff to do. So we wear a lot of hats and yeah. uh, sometimes we're stretched a little bit thin, but we always find a way to make it happen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know you're mentioning now that you're busy and I know you mentioned earlier that back in the day it was probably even busier 
what what was a lot of that activity and and how did you guys kind of stem the tide on that and turn the tide on that you know back at back in the day um back when i first started it was very active we had street level drug dealing we had shootings almost every day uh, but what i really feel like made made the difference and what really has been making the difference for us is our community partnerships uh getting to know people um that are out in the community being able to talk to them being able to talk to them by name uh, i can't even count the number of times where we've been able to de-escalate situations just by saying um calling the person by name and saying hey settle down it's like hey robert settle down and they're all, okay all right sorry Lou, sorry Lou. and then we're able to talk things through and you know if you stay genuine with the community and you get to know people and really care about them they see it and i think it's reciprocal yeah absolutely absolutely and uh so a lot of that uh that gang activities kind of went by gone by the wayside a little bit uh in your community since you know the early 2000s um a lot of it's gone by the wayside um it wasn't all because of community policing there have been some law enforcement actions um that's some what I was large scale at, yeah. actions there are a couple of uh F- fbi safe street task force operations that um really took a lot of bad actors off the street and then the most recent one um the San Mateo County District Attorney investigators kind of brought together a lot of agencies to work on Operation Sunny Day, which had a huge impact on the gang activity because uh, we had some gangs that were literally in a war with each other and causing a lot of violence and um, making the streets very dangerous. And by their investigations, they did a, a gigantic wiretap operation. Um, a lot of very talented investigators worked very hard on that and um, really brought a lot of people to justice and took them out of the streets. Um, I mean, I, I know we're talking about different ways of doing policing and trying to rehabilitate people, but I, I mean, I'm sure you and I both agree that there are some people that are just dead set on uh, committing crime and harming the community and harming other people. Yeah. And there's got to be a place for those people. I mean, they got to be removed from the street so that the law-abiding people in our communities uh, can can be safe. Right? Yeah. Some some yeah. people just don't want to be helped. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Right? This is true. So yeah, that that's that's why we're here. Yeah, to protect those people but, that, that that need it. But at the same time, those that want to get out of the life, we got to have options for them too. Right? Right. We got to. We got to be able to help them out of out of whatever whatever funk or whatever um whatever hole they've climbed into so i give them a hand out of that and try to get them on the right path right yeah i'd rather yeah. prevent you know get somebody to not commit a crime than try to catch them afterwards you right. know just yeah if they can be productive members of society let's help them do that All instead right. of you know just trying to lock everybody away yeah I got you on that. Definitely. Definitely. So I'm hearing in the background, uh, young child there. So no, that's, that's, that's good. That, that kind of segues into, into my next question. What's, uh, what's, what's the family life for, uh, commander Liu? Okay. So, uh, my wife is in the other room, uh, watching TV. I got two, um, grown stepdaughters that I claim is mine. So I call them my daughters. Um, mm-hmm. 
the older one actually just got a job with uh, San Mateo County Communications as a call taker. So she's switching careers. Uh, okay. And the little voice you're hearing over there is her, or her daughter, my granddaughter, uh, Aria. She's eight years old. Um, my other daughter, she's a director of human resources for Ravenswood, uh, Ravenswood Middle School. Um, so proud of her. She's super smart and graduated from uh, law school with honors. And, oh, there she oh, is wow. right there. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's a director of HR right now. So, yeah. Um, so then, so you, you had to kind of keep up. You were talking about education earlier, so you had to keep up, right? Oh, no, she, she paved the way. I mean, right. of course, she gave me something to aim for, but I knew I wasn't going to reach that. So <laughs> she's a doctor. I'm not. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. But it's okay. I'm happy where I am. Yeah. Um, I achieved academic uh, success further than my wildest dreams. Um, I'm very satisfied and I'm very proud of her. That's awesome. That's awesome. I've got the same dichotomy in, in my own household. My, my wife's a psychologist, so they call her Dr. Peters. And okay. uh, yeah, so I had to try to kind of keep up. Like we talked about, I got my master's earlier. I'm not, I'm not going to get a doctorate, but. I think that's as far as I'm going. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's great because we were talking about education and all that, that, you know, you're having kids and them seeing their parents and the, knowing the importance of education, that they, you know, they want to uh, strive and achieve those educational goals as well. So, you know, I'm proud of my kids. You know, one's in college now, sophomore in college. He wants to pursue medicine. And uh, nice. and my daughter's a senior in high school, and she's looking to start applying for for colleges as well. So just see, seeing that example, you know, in their own household and the importance of education kind of spurred them as well. So love seeing and, that. And the the importance of uh, parenting. Um, you well, guys that, exemplify what you want them to become, and um, you push them in the right direction and support them in that. I'm sure they didn't come home and you say, "Hey, go to your homework." I'm sure there's a little bit of help and a little bit of guidance yeah. and, you know, a little yeah. handholding, right? Yeah. And I, you know, just kind of, there's this, um, there's this kid in town that we've been working with for a number of years, um, just trying to, uh, a single mother household, um, father's not in the picture, but we've been trying to, you know, just kind of be guardian angels and just kind of give them opportunities to, um, stay on the right track and you know i, I kind of see where the absence of a father figure a strong absence of a father figure in his life is impacting him and right now he's in he's in middle school and um we can kind of see where he's trying to go with the wrong crowd so right now is a very um very what's the word i'm looking for very important time in his life where we need to make sure that he chooses the right path and you know, stays on that right path. Yeah. Um, but, but we can only do so much, um, no matter what, no matter what we do, um, he goes home to his home. If he doesn't have the home support, if he doesn't have the same message coming from his mom, then, um, you know, the conflicting messages could, you know, thwart our efforts, if you will, but we yeah. can keep trying. There's a little yeah. group of us that, you know, look after him. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. And uh, earlier we, you were talking about your your dad passing, 
And uh, what what was that uh, that home life for you? Um, did did your family kind <clears> of <throat> excuse me? Did your family uh, stress the importance of education? I know you say you didn't you didn't really think about it uh, so much when you went to college, but you did go to college. I did, I did. Uh, so um, growing up in Palo Alto in a traditional Chinese family, my dad's from China, my mom's from Taiwan, so they they immigrated here. Um, traditional Chinese families they push you to be a doctor or a lawyer and education. You better come home with straight A's. Um, I got to say, I was probably a disappointment because I, if I got an A, I was happy. Uh, again, I was more focused. I was more focused on uh, extracurriculars, um, sports and, and things like that. But um, in the Palo Alto school district, education was really important. Also, um, there were a lot of kids in that, in that system that really set the bar really high. So even even not trying as hard as I should have been trying, I was still able to get a really good education. And that by the time I got to college, college was easy because uh, the Palo Alto school system set that bar so high for me. Um, but in hindsight, yeah, I wish I would have studied a lot harder. Um, and I wish I would have listened to my parents a little bit more when they uh, they told me to sit down and focus and study and um, yeah. become a lawyer or a doctor. Although I, I don't think I was wired for that anyway. No, no. I mean, <laughs> you, you're, you're doing what you were meant to do, but, you know, still listen to your parents. You know, it always mm -hmm. comes back to you later when you like, oh, so that's what they were talking about. That's what they meant right. you know, back then. <laughs> I mean, you they, know. May, they may be strict, but there's a reason. And there now is I a reason. reason. But back yep. then, it's like they were just being mean to me. <laughs> no, they're they're trying to they're trying to make me better than I am. Yeah. So. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you talked about that you were more involved with sports than education. Let me guess. Uh, football. Yes. How'd you guess? You, you you've got a football build. You look like <laughs> look like you played well, a few see, downs I, in I, your day. I blame that on my dad's uh, my mom and dad running um, owning a Chinese restaurant. I believe I was a little <laughs> overnourished as a kid. <laughs> a little too much nutrition in me, um, so that's why I ended up playing the playing on the offensive and defensive line in high school. All uh, right, but yeah, how'd play, you guys do? A little bit high. Um, we, you know, we had a good team. Um, we were okay. If we ran the ball more, we'd be even better. But you know, that's that's just something I got to let go of. Yeah, um, but I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what. Thirty years later, yeah, let school. it go. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. We can't throw on every down, but let it go tell, one day. Tell tell uh, that to the, the uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. You can't throw on every down. Patrick Mahomes, yeah. Although somebody still needs to prove to them that they can't, because <laughs> right, there's <laughs> all a... the weapons they got: Tyreek Hill, yeah, uh, Hardman, yep. like. Yeah, um, I definitely yep. didn't. I definitely avoided the running back during the fantasy football draft because he's right. not getting the ball. So, so um, you still entrenched but, in the in the football life? You you know your fantasy, you watch football and all that. Are you are you a yeah, Niner yeah, yeah. or or a Raider? So I grew up as a 49er fan, and then I married a Bronco fan. Uh oh. To keep peace in the household. Um. <laughs> Start becoming a Bronco <laughs> fan, but secretly I'm still a 49er fan. Secretly, you're still a 49er fan. Don't tell. Yep. Don't tell. 
Yeah, I, I won't say a word. <laughs> My lips are sealed. I'm actually a Niner fan. Don't tell either. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, you're. I'm actually a Niner okay. fan myself. Yeah, yeah. When uh, when uh, L.A. we lost both of our teams years back. You know, had to okay. gravitate somewhere. So the Niners were were the hot thing back then, and I just kind of glommed onto them and stuck with them through thick and thin. So I'm a Niner. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. What year was that? Uh, since, yeah, about the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Steve even Young even even before yeah Steve Young but you know okay. even before that I started you know I, I like you know the Jerry Rice and and Montana and Dwight Clark and all those all those teams mm-hmm. from back then so Ronnie Lott, yeah. Roger Craig yeah yep that was that was it those are the teams right there so I stuck with them well, and you come up this like way during the football season I've been meaning I've been meaning to get up there and, and check out the the new stadium I haven't been in it yet but uh, I just did, <laughs> I just did a show this past weekend. And uh, a guy that works for the city uh, where the stadium is was talking about mm-hmm. how crazy working those games are and kind of kind of discouraged me a little bit from what. <laughs> so, you know, what? I can watch it for <laughs> watching on TV. But no, I, I do want to get up there and check it out. Well, you know what? Um, I've been to a number of games and it's not that bad. Of course, you know, working the game, you go to where all the funk is, right? Right, yeah. But if you just go into the game, you barely notice any of it at all. I mean, every okay. once in a while, yeah. But it, te- it also depends where your seats are. Yeah, yeah. Well, well he, he was in particular talking about the uh, Niner Raider game. Oh, yeah, well, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't go yeah. to that. No, don't go to that one. Don't yeah, go to don't that go one. That. <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so what, what, what do you like to do when you're not working? Uh, okay, so after I, uh, well, right now, currently, I'm the patrol commander and I'm also acting chief uh, while my chief's out on injury. So I'm kind of trying to do both roles at the same time. Uh, oftentimes, I, I'm working when I'm at work and then I bring stuff home with me and I'm doing stuff at home as, as well in the evening time. Um, so when I get home, it's family time. When people go to sleep around eight o'clock ish, um, you know, I'll get some stuff done on the computer. Um, and then Saturdays, usually Saturday mornings, I'll take my uh, father-in-law and we'll go fishing for a few hours. Okay. Um, it's just something we started doing recently. Um, I can't wait until I get good at it because uh, <laughs> right now I'm not. But it's fun. It's nice to get out there. It's a little kind of peaceful and. You know, throw a line in the water and um, and read my book. Um, are you are you doing are you doing on in the bay or are you going out on into the to the ocean? What what are you doing? No, we're just going to a little uh, reservoir over here um, in Gilroy. Okay, and the water's really low right now because we're sending all our water to Southern California. No, but um, <laughs> hey, we no, we need we, we, we need it here rain. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need rain real bad. Uh, but the water's pretty low. But you just go walk down to the bank and just throw some lines off the uh, off the bank, and uh, have some fun with it. What What do they have catch in there? Something. Um, we've gotten. Uh, I think he got a he got a huge carp a couple of weeks ago. Um, I've been getting a little bit of bass, but they're pretty small. But we uh we pull them out. We take a picture. We put them back in. Uh, oh, okay. We're not doing it to eat them. We're just we're just doing it just to get out there and have some fun. There you go. All right. Um, yeah. Relaxing, huh? A little relaxing. I'm relaxing a little bit. And it, plus, it gives me a chance to uh, have like a peaceful setting. Uh, right now, um, 
I bought this book and myself and all, all of the sergeants are reading it together. So every week we read a chapter together, kind of like when we're in school. Every week we read a chapter and then we have a little online discussion about um, what we learned from that chapter. And it's a good chance for all of us to um, learn about leadership together. What's the name of that book? Uh, Developing the Leader Within You uh, 2.0 by um, John Maxwell. Okay. All right. Very good book. I wish I would have read it many years ago, but um, it, it's fun. None of us have read the book before, so we're all going through it and learning from each other. I'll have to pick that I'm one up and it. take a look at it. Absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned your career earlier in and out of investigations. What, what sort of investigations did you do and what was your, kind of your forte? Uh, so being the small city, um, we're all generalists. We, um, we take whatever we get. But um, being a small active city, it usually ended up being um, shootings, homicides, and sexual assaults. Uh, we tend to get a lot of all of those. Uh, well, not a lot of murders anymore, but um, we, we had shootings and uh, sexual assaults quite a bit. So that was pretty much it. Anything, any special investigations that came up, um, you know, any large cases, there was, when I went through, there was six of us, and then now we're down to four detectives. So wow. you got to be able to do everything. Yeah. And what what, what do you kind of attribute? Too many detectives. Huh? What do you kind of attribute the uh, the loss in personnel and not being able to to fill those spots? I know a lot of defund the police is 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 going on right now. Did, did any of that kind of touch East Palo Alto? Actually, no. Um, we did have some protesting over the last year and a half uh, in East Palo Alto, but it wasn't directed towards East Palo Alto police. It was directed towards police in general, and it was, yeah. uh, it was directed towards our, some of our neighboring cities, um, but it wasn't directed towards us. So when the protests have occurred, you know, there are a couple of them where we worked with the organizer to make sure they could get their voice and their message out and they could, um, they can practice their freedom of speech and we'll just make sure nobody gets hurt and we're able to work together on that. And those, those work out well. Um, and then there's some, been some other protests where they either march around town or march to another city or march over to Facebook. We just kind of let them do their thing, you know, let them, let them get their voices heard, let them uh, get their message out. Nobody's been destructive. Nobody's, um, nobody's destroyed anything. And, Actually, I, I give credit to the uh, the organizer of most of them where his message is, hey, this is our city, this is our town, don't destroy our own town. Let's, let's go nice. get our message out there, but you know, don't destroy our own town. And we're fine with that. It's yeah, like, hey, slow right. down traffic, not a problem. Right, just right. Just don't, yeah, just don't destroy anything. We're fine. Yeah, yeah, so, good with that. Yeah, yeah. Right, and, and uh, you know, and we're able to, you know, we're able to talk on a personal level because we've got that history. Yeah. You know, it's people people we've known for so many years. It's they know us, we know them. And um, I remember uh, one of the earlier protests. Um, you know, they marched to the police department, which <laughs> for every cop is like, no, 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 don't go there. Yeah. Um, so we set up a line and stopped everybody. But um, as we're sitting there, 
I looked in the crowd. I saw some people that I, you know, that I've known my whole career. Um, actually, people that I've used to chase around and try to catch them selling drugs and stuff. But now they've changed their life. But they will look into the crowd. They see me. We exchange smiles. I walk into the crowd. You know, hugs. See, you know, hey, how's the family? How are you guys doing? And then go back to doing what we're doing. So okay, okay. Um, you know, I think we have a really good relationship with our community. And I think uh, it really showed uh, during that very trying time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, a lot of what's going on and what happened back in 2020, uh, it's kind of showed its head in people not really wanting to be a part of law enforcement. And and that's that's what I was kind of thinking. Why you guys, your numbers are down and they're down at departments across the country. I know my department's having that problem, your department. Um, you think we can climb out of that? Because I remember back in in the nineties and early two thousands, there were lines around the block for people applying for these jobs, and now we can't we can't get people to apply. It, it's really tough. I mean, right now I'm at full staffing, but we just don't have enough authorized um, to be able to provide the level of service. And uh, we've we've asked our city council for more positions for to create a traffic division. Because one of our biggest complaints is traffic and people driving around and not following laws, creating a very unsafe environment. But, you know, money's tight, especially yeah. after 2020, where the, all of that tax revenue wasn't coming in. Right. Money's tight. So I don't see us getting any more bodies anytime too soon. Um, so we, we do the best we can with what we have. But you talk about people not wanting to get into law enforcement. Uh, one of my problem, oh, problems, one of my projects um in my uh, LEPSL program was uh, a project on police recruiting. And at the time I was trying to recruit um, a young man from East Palo Alto. Um, He had gone off to college. Uh, He was getting his master's degree. He wanted to enter law enforcement. So I interviewed him as my project and, um, you know, posted it online and submitted it. But after that, after that interview, after I talked to him and talked to him about law enforcement and talked to him about why he wanted to do it, although although the the narrative out there was don't join the police and uh, police were being demonized, why did he still want to join law enforcement? And he gave me some great reasons, some very heartfelt reasons. But a little while after that, he decided he didn't want to be a police officer anymore. Uh, so that wow. really cut deep. Yeah, that really cut deep because... I thought for sure I was getting a great hire from the city, from the town, and I try yeah. to hire from within East Palo Alto because those are those are the applicants that really care about East Palo. Alto. They're from the community right. and their family right. and their friends, right? Um, but I really hope that tide changes. Um, I really hope he changes his mind. I think he would have a great career, um, very bright, very highly educated, uh, and you know, clearly cares about making a difference. Those are the people we want in this profession right now. Yeah. But, you know, the, um, the narrative that's pushed out there on media and a lot of social media, mainstream media and social media is, uh, don't join the police. They're all bad people. That, that really impacts the quality of applicants we get. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate, but that's, that's where we're at. And, you know, the pendulum always swings back and forth and, Right now we're on, on one side of it and 
hopefully we'll we'll get back to the other side here not too long it's, from now. It's got to come it's back. It's tough right now. It's got to yeah. come back. Yeah. And I, it's tough and I right think now, that with, with more people out there getting victimized and more lawlessness that we're seeing in the news, you uh, hear about a lot more shootings. You hear about these, yep. um, these shoplifting crews going around and um, just you know, stealing things at will, walking into CVS or Walgreens, emptying the shelves and just walking out. As more and more of that gets publicized, I think the pendulum's going to swing back because yeah. people are going to get tired of getting victimized. Yep. And yep. they're going to realize that this soft on crime approach isn't going to help anybody. And yeah. now, I'm sure you're feeling it as much as we are in the Bay Area. Um, you catch somebody like breaking into a car, you catch them. You write them a ticket and you send them on their way. Yep. They're gonna go break into another car. Yep. You know, there have been people in our, in in town that we've arrested three, four times in one day, and give them a ticket every time. Wow. It doesn't deter anything. It deters nothing. So, um, hopefully, the pendulum swings back pretty soon. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Because a lot of that's yeah. going to be on the on the legislature side. You know, there's only so much that we can do as law enforcement. We catch them. Sometimes the jail will take them, sometimes they won't, but they still get released from the jail only because, you know, these propositions that the voters voted for, not knowing that this was going to be the outcome of it, I'm sure, but that's how it right. is here in California right now. Well, yeah, Prop 47, the Safe Schools Act. Mm-hmm. What did that have to do with schools? <laughs> so Not a damn thing. <laughs> not a damn thing. Not a damn so, thing. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully things come back. Um I remember, especially during COVID, you talked about not being able to take people to jail or them staying in there for a short period of time. During COVID, the jail wasn't taking anybody. Right. You'd have to commit a violent felony where somebody's laid up in a hospital bed just to get into the jail. And you don't even know how long they'd stay in there. And so I remember um, 4th of July, was it 4th of July, not last, not 2021, but 2020. We literally had a guy, um, very drunk, challenging to fight me, myself and some other, other officers that were out there, went up, kicked a big dent into our, uh, in our patrol car door and said that he had COVID. We had to look at each other and say, okay, what can we possibly do with him? We can't arrest him. He has COVID. Nobody's going to take him. And if we go arrest him, it's going to end up in a use of force because you know he's going to uh, resist. So what do you do with him? You know, we're literally out there with our hands tied trying to figure out what to do. And then um, finally he started beating up his, his girlfriend. So that gave us enough to take him on. But um, just property damage and threatening to fight us wasn't, uh, I mean, we didn't have much option. We were actually thinking about just walking away because we couldn't do anything with him. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's but, when you go down to the Greyhound station, buy a ticket to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> not not SoCal. Hey, don't, don't send them down here, but yeah, <laughs> send them to Vegas or up north to you know, Washington State or somewhere. Yeah, you said Redlands, right? <laughs> no, no, I did. No, I did. <laughs> no, no, Stanford, no, okay. no, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, uh, twenty twenty was a very trying time. Um, I'm yeah. sure that. You guys felt it, and everybody, everybody in the state or in this in the nation felt that one. Yeah, uh, law enforcement wise, there wasn't really so little we could do for anything. Yeah, 
it was frustrating. Yep, yep. Hopefully, and hopefully we can we're... put that behind us soon. Yeah, hopefully we're coming out of that. Um, how, how did uh, COVID hit you guys as a department, though? Did you did you have many people go out sick? Anybody succumb to it? Or we we've had a few few people go out sick. Um, not a lot. Uh, we've had a few scares, a few exposures. Nobody. We didn't lose anybody. Um, Good. But the people that did have COVID, they had um, varying symptoms. Uh, one guy just lost his sense of taste, and that was it. And you got off lucky. <laughs> yeah, you got off lucky. Uh, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got Wasn't, off real lucky. Didn't go in the hospital or anything, uh, yeah. Yeah, got some time off. Um, you know, had a good chance of going on a diet. You know, eat bland food and not know it. Right, um, No right. seasoning. Uh, he didn't do that, though. But um, <laughs> no, we, I think we got off pretty yeah. lucky with that. Um, myself, you know, none of our guys really missed too much time at work. Um I, mean, I had to go stay in a COVID hotel just because I was exposed to somebody. I never actually caught it, but um, that was very, very boring. I brought my work with yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, my oh, yeah I bet. Spot. I bet. Yeah, you yeah. know, I caught it. I caught it I in the beginning when it first uh, went 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 out uh, March of yeah March of 2020. So that's when you know everything started really happening. I caught it. I was at work. And just all of a sudden, just like the middle of the day, I just had this like 100 degree temperature and I just felt like crap. So called my sergeant. Hey, I, I need to go home. Went home and I was out, you know, went to sleep. I was out for like uh, probably three days. That's it. And then, you know, I was good to go. I lost my, say, my okay. sense of uh, a smell, not smell, but taste. And mine was really funny because... It wasn't that I lost my sense of taste. It was that everything tasted like a cupcake. Oh, everything. all right. Yeah. A, That's not a bad a thing. Chinese food or a hamburger, whatever. It tasted like a cupcake. Yeah. Tastes oh, like cake to me. You, yeah. You should have went, went on a <laughs> celery diet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean it, it, it's not as good as it sounds because, you know, when you're trying to eat, you know, something salty or whatever, you know, like french fries or, or hamburger or something and it tastes like mm. cake it, you, know, you can kind of like uh this is nasty but yeah yeah you can only eat so much cake yeah right, right especially so, when your yeah. mind is expecting a nice fat burger right exactly so yeah so i was actually out for like three and then probably a week and then i was you know back to normal but uh yeah uh, yeah i kind of attributed to it? you know staying I mean, in shape and all that yeah well, that, and that's what I hear. I, mean, I don't know for sure, but um, I hear that the more you exercise and the more you stay in shape, the better your chances of recovery. Yeah. Uh, yep. With with all the with all the medical reports and talking about how bad COVID was, when you actually caught it and you were positive, did you did you have thoughts running through your mind, going, "Hey, is this it? Is this you know?" No. No, because like those were the early days at first when, when we were all scared. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what it was. And I wasn't sure right. at the time either. You know, like I said, this is even before the lockdown. So, you oh, know, okay. yeah, this was before the lockdown. This is like February, early March of 2020. So, yeah. You know, I got a, I got a patrol team that in uh, December 2019, they all got wiped out. And they were they were like... They were like the Walking Dead. I was avoiding them. They were still coming to work, <laughs> yeah. um, but they were they were having a, 
they were just sick as dogs in December 2019. And then when COVID hit, they were fine. So they all swear, they all swear that they caught COVID in December 2019. Yep. I don't doubt it. Maybe. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Didn't didn't they say Um, that's where you guys were the were the epicenter? Ground zero of COVID up in the bay? Is it was that right? If I remember correctly, I think they, you know, for for here in the US. See they're either San Francisco or New York. I don't remember exactly what. Yeah. So yeah, it could have been um, before it, it spread down here. Yeah. They say it originated in China, and then yep. we have a large uh, Chinese population in the Bay Area. Could have been. Could have been. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, that does sound about, that does sound familiar. Yeah, so maybe they got it, and nobody really knew what was going on back then. And by the time you know it hit, they had already had already gotten it. They had the natural immunity, natural antibodies in their system already. Yeah. You know, it could be because they, they, I mean, they've been fine ever since. So. Yep. Maybe they were patient zero. Yeah. <laughs> East Palo Alto, patient zero. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's, all right. Let's yeah. take that back. Can you edit yeah. that out, actually? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll. <laughs> no, I'm just, I was just messing with you. Patient, hey, I'm patient. starting to get these, uh, two zero zero zero. I'm starting zero, to get zero. low battery tones on my thing. What's all right. Sorry, what? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll um, wrap this up here real quick. Is, well, can, can you still hear me? Just, or just give me a chunk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or give me a chance to throw it back in the case for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I got time. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's uh let's try to wrap this up. We are, um, how far are we in? We're about fifty minutes in. So let's uh ask you another question real quick. We'll do our our uh, trivia real quick, and we'll we'll call it a day. Oh, um. So what 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 are kind of your <laughs> yeah exactly exactly, what are your um kind of biggest rewards in your position of being commander? Watching the development of young officers uh watching watching officers that i've hired um even i teach at the academy also so watching officers that i've taught at the academy come in apply some of the things that um, i've taught them and then just trying to mentor them and then watching them excel so like a couple of the young officers just got out of the academy they were still rookies um and they found a case they wanted to run with it so we showed them how to write search warrants uh, they wrote search warrants for for a house uh, put together the ops plan with guidance of course uh, planned out the tactical operation and then um, organized to have a SWAT team and then just watching them take something and run with it and then developing from a, a rookie that barely knows left from right to yeah. somebody who's running on their own and doing producing some great work I don't get to I don't get to arrest people anymore. I don't get to um, put together cases, so I kind of have to live through their experiences. So every time they have successes, those are the rewarding experiences for me. Living vicariously grow, through them, watch them excel. That's that's all I got left. <laughs> you got a little bit more <laughs> than that left. You know, it's well, interesting. Also, you... um, I was going. Yeah, I was just saying it's, it's interesting you mentioned that. Uh, in, in your department and in my department too, we're, we're a little bit larger than you guys, but uh, A to Z is what we call it on patrol is that uh, you, you catch it, you clean it, you, you, you can write search warrants. You, 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 you learn to do all those stuff, all those things right. on smaller departments, as opposed to 
you know, larger departments up in your your area, and you know, we have one of the lar- I won't say their name, but one of the largest departments in the nation down here in Southern California. And when we get officers from them, um, they don't necessarily know how to do all the things because you know they have special special cars. They have a DUI car, and you know, so the regular patrol guy doesn't know how to do do a DUI. It doesn't know how, to, you know, it's like this is you know these are basic things that you know officers, at least in smaller departments, know how to do. You know, you bring up a great point. Um, East Palo Alto, we have so much activity and so little resources. You get good at everything. And yeah. yep, our city pays a lot less than all the surrounding cities. Our compensation package doesn't even you know hold a candle for them. So we're losing officers all the time. We're like a we're like a transition agency. Uh, we bring them in, we train them up, they leave, go get paid somewhere else, which I can't blame them for. Right. And once they get in there, they get into special assignments, they get promoted, they excel once they hit those other cities. And, you know, it's kind of a testament to, you know, the amount of development that we're able to give them in our small city um, to watch them go go elsewhere and have such great careers. Uh, it, I mean, I'd rather have keep them with us and have those great careers, but San Francisco Bay Area is so expensive to live. And, yeah. um you can, I can't blame them for going and getting paid somewhere else for doing less work. Yeah. Um, so I, mean, I can't, but um, personally, I'm invested in the person. Um, while the professional side of me wants to keep them, the personal side of me wants them to go out there and I want them to achieve success wherever they land. Um, and just knowing that they have the, the solid foundation to, um, to excel wherever they go, it's uh, it's heartwarming for me, and that's another thing that really um, I enjoy seeing. But yeah. if there's any Bay Area cities watching this podcast, I'm gonna get a restraining order against you. Stay away from my people. <laughs> Stop recruiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I got I got some good cops. And I'm very yeah. proud of them. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, Commander. I appreciate you coming on. This yeah. is this was fun. Got some some good info from you, and uh, you know, put some mandates out there to you know, stay away from your people in, in yeah, East Palo Alto. <laughs> stay away from your stop people. Me, Chris. Stop, <laughs> stop poaching. Stop poaching. Yeah, That's poaching. <laughs> exactly. Stop poaching. Stop poaching. All right. So before I let you go, I got a a little. Not not trivia, but a, a lightning round. So Last night I, I saw like a call. superhero. He was black. He said, "This is for the street." Black Lightning's oh, back. Yeah, black Lightning. I, I watched that on Netflix. Yes, this is called my Black Lightning round. Um, okay. Uh, let me turn this down a little bit. It's a little loud here. So this is my Black Lightning round. What I'm going to do is I'm going to just say some things to you, and hopefully you can just say something back real quick to me, and uh, we'll get some more good info about. Commander Jeff Liu. Here's your first question. What is the most used app on your phone? Madden 2021. <laughs> really? On your phone? I got two phones. I got a work phone and I got a personal phone. So no, I'm saying I didn't know they had Madden on uh on the phone. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. It's a great game. Okay. All right. Cool. I'm about to check that one out. Um favorite cop movie of all time. Colors. Yeah, that's a good one. That's one kind of one that started it all. Yeah, one that started it all. Let me tell you, the kids in the academy have no idea what movie that is. I bring it up and blank stares. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> showing your age, yeah, Commander. Showing your age. <laughs> All right, aliens come to Earth and say you gotta wow them with one song for the fate of the world. What song are you singing? Well, first of all, I can't sing, so our world's done for. Well, um, we're, we're dependent on you. Let me see. What is uh, it? What's your go-to? Unforgettable, Nat King Cole. There you go. All right. That's the only you, thing you, I can think of right now. You crushed that one in the shower, I'm sure, right? <laughs> uh, so knowing what you know now, what advice would Commander Lou give to rookie Officer Liu? Uh, first of all, read that book developing the leader within you um take advantage of every opportunity keep working hard and um ignore the nonsense that comes with the profession there you go there you go your favorite tv family of all time okay so the evans family good times good times all right i grew up on that show all right yes <laughs> you and me both all right good times yes yes although jj got on my nerves but I did yes jj's yes, a little indeed. bit much but michael yeah, michael really took care of the books and thelma. and thelma mm-hmm. and thelma uh <laughs> what patrol shift did you enjoy working the most i would say um day shift day shift charles team back when i first started um i first started i just got off of uh, fto i was the new guy my beat was half the city all my beat partners were out there um back then there was a lot of uh drug dealing so they were going back and forth to jail all day and i was picking up all their paper but i enjoyed it so right. it helped me yeah. it made me a better investigator there you go there you go have you checked off any items on your bucket list if so, what's the most recent one? First of all, I need to make a bucket list. Need to make one, I right? A of, I need to make a bucket list. I have okay. Um, maybe fishing. I mean, yeah, I've, yeah. You just start. I've there, dabbled right? in here and there, but uh, one day I'll be good at it. There you go. Nine millimeter or forty cal? Uh, currently, uh, nine millimeter. The nine, nine mil, mil is performing just as well as a forty cal nowadays. So nine mil there you go what actor would you want to play the story of your life mm. jackie chan okay so that Cause, people cause can you, think you can do all those stunts yeah because you did all those exactly. stunts back in the day dude, exactly right? he's, he's uh <laughs> so he's yeah. got my athletic ability right yeah, yeah i'm sure i'm sure i'm getting laughed at over here sorry <laughs> yeah I, hear, I heard i heard i heard was the uh when's the last time you made a traffic stop Ooh, um i'd say a couple weeks ago maybe wow um, okay. every once in a while i gotta jump in my car i gotta go jump in the car and uh, do something just to keep myself sane i gotta get out from uh, within those four walls right so every yep. once in a while i'll jump in the car and go out there and um you know, if somebody does something in front of me. Gotta do what you gotta do. Right? But then again, it's not the last time I gave a ticket. Though. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> the last time I gave a ticket. Yeah, yeah. I don't normally. I, I just normally give warnings myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if someone if someone gets pulled over for uh, by me, 
just smile and nod and you'll be on your way pretty soon exactly exactly <laughs> so you're up in the bay area so uh stanford or cal stanford stanford okay stanford and uh long. stanford all day long all right all right and last one here if you hadn't gone into law enforcement what do you think you'd be doing washing dishes no i um, <laughs> no i don't i don't know i don't have a plan b um you didn't have a plan b before huh? before law enforcement i um i worked at the high school palo alto high school where i went to high school and um i found out real quickly the classroom is not the place for me no um, well i mean maybe maybe coaching sports i really like coaching there you go um you know get some of the same gratification by watching you know your your athletes excel and be successful so probably right. coaching okay all right all right mm -hmm. cool all right sir well i appreciate that we got through that wasn't that wasn't too bad right no that was got fun out of there on, that was a good time on skate. yeah no I, right. I really appreciate you inviting me um how'd you find me um linkedin just just cruising just, through linkedin just and... cruising through linkedin and and uh you know oh, okay. they, they'll do the uh the suggestions and you know if, maybe you should like this per or, or follow this person or, or connect with this person and yeah okay so oh, yeah interesting. social media sounds, okay social media yeah what, was it was it like a particular post because i don't post that much stuff no no it wasn't a post it was just you know it'll it'll give you suggestions so just people, a profile. yeah just a profile okay. yeah so so okay. thank thank social media on that well what, what would you like to tell <laughs> tell uh tell our viewers on the way out uh any parting parting words for our viewers and, and listeners um i'm assuming your viewers are in law enforcement right or um, interested or, or pro law enforcement or interested uh stay the course stay stay diligent and um the pass on the advice that dave carson gave me back when i was uh when i was young and we were both young um just do the right thing uh no matter what do the right thing if you got to think about it, go follow your heart and do what's right. Right now, we have a very tough profession. Um, it seems like it seems like the world is against us as a profession. It seems like the world is all about not having accountability. But um, those are the only ones that are getting publicized. There are plenty of support out there, uh, plenty of people that um, love you and appreciate you. Uh, so just stay the course and, you know, we'll get through this together amen amen all right all right commander i appreciate you coming on this is this is fun and uh you know you stay safe out there once you come out from uh from your four walls and get out into your car so be be safe <laughs> out there in these palo Alto. otherwise it's paper cuts all day long yeah um, hey <laughs> exactly. hey it's great great talking to you thank you very much for having you on having absolutely me on the show um if you find yourself coming up this way during football season and there's a game hit me up call me up uh, yeah we'll find a way in there it. and I'm a, I'm a laker fan right. too so you know whenever the lakers you know might play golden state might oh, find my okay find I, myself I up there too so. golden state tickets you know oh is, is it that bad now? is it that bad oh my oh new a new uh new stadium and everything it's nah, like, this is true that's right that's right all right yeah, well, i haven't been to a warrior game since they were sorry <laughs> yeah it's been a little <laughs> while then like eight <laughs> years ten years yeah it's been a little while yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, it's All been right. a long time. Yep, yep. But uh, yeah, 
uh, Dave, I really appreciate you. Keep keep doing what you do. You're um, you're really good at this. Thanks. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks again, and uh, be safe. Yeah, you, too, you as well. All right. Take talk to you soon. You got it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this episode of the Black and Blue Podcast. I want to thank East Palo Alto Police Commander Jeff Liu for joining me on this episode. And if you guys out there enjoyed your time with us as well, please make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the Black and Blue Podcast YouTube channel or your favorite podcast platform. And join me right here in two weeks with another fun-filled episode. Same black time, same blue channel. But till then... Make sure you stay black in blue. I'll holler at you. Deuces. This has been a Major D Entertainment presentation.